0: Janina. Hello. Hello. It's time for History of Sexy again. It's been ages, it's, it's, but it's we're back. it's past time. I think we're a bit late. Sorry about that. I, sorry about that. I
1: moved house and yeah. then I didn't have any stuff and was tired.
0: So, <laughs> If I remember rightly, which I probably don't, I think we did mention that we might be late in the last episode because you were moving house. So, Yeah. But we're back.
1: We're back. We're back
0: what do we do let's we better remind ourselves and everyone. we better
1: remind everybody uh, what do we do so you're janina and i'm emma yes. and between us we answer people's questions about history that they send us and we show them how history was sexy mm-hmm. and do our best to show that it was also very complicated and hard yes yeah that's the easy bit sometimes the sexy bit is harder <laughs>
0: Yeah, it turns out it's really, really easy to answer a question by saying, we don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> which is, well, as it
1: happens, the kind of the answer to this question, or more, it's a matter of opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Yeah, the best answer to any question. And this week's question is from Sasha Sienna, who sent us a question by Kofi. So she also gave us three quid, for which, thank you. Oh, Thank you very much. She asked, I'd love to know, did pirates really invent communism? Which is a claim that I had not heard before I read this question. <laughs>
0: I've heard a lot of claims about pirates being a, a very egalitarian society, claims that they had gay marriage and that sort of thing. See, See I, I, I had not. I hadn't heard the communism element of that yet. I had not. I had not really heard any of the
1: stuff about pirates.
0: I think everything I knew
1: really about pirates was from the first two chapters of Treasure Island that I read when I was about 12 years old before I realised it's boring.
0: Mm-hmm. You know what? Instead of it reading can. Treasure Island, what you should do is watch either the Muppets Treasure Island, <laughs> yeah, or and or Treasure Planet, right? Which rocks? I haven't actually seen either of those. Oh my god, they're both amazing. There's a very incredible duet in Muppets Treasure Island <laughs> where Kermit and Piggy are hanging from their ankles over a cliff, and it's beautiful, it's beautiful and heartwarming, and a genuinely a banger. And then Treasure Planet. It's a lot of fun because it's like steampunky-ish. It's not really steampunk. It's like ships, spaceships that look like ships. Like actual
1: ships, yeah. Which is a
0: lot of fun. And they have like solar sails and stuff. And also Emma Thompson is in it being amazing. Okay. It's great. Are either of the
1: pirates in them communists?
0: No, the pirates (laughs) tend to be pretty mean for the most part. I mean, it's Long John Silver who is like out for all he can get and screwing everyone over all the time.
1: Yeah, definitely a baddie, from what I understand of not having read Treasure Island. Yeah, <laughs> but so I did some. I found some uh, some people arguing this on the internet because the well, best there's... place to find people doing ill informed things is uh, to find them on the internet.
0: Yeah, and there's lot. I feel like it just had a moment on the internet a few years ago, like cracked the list about how great pirates actually were, which yeah. is highly inaccurate.
1: And I found quite a few politics blogs and. F- like forums talking about this from a few years ago. Yeah. Arguing through what I can believe to be now a misunderstanding of both communism and life at sea (laughs) during what's called the golden age of piracy and also pirates. But So this one comes from a wee blog from a couple of years ago by a guy called Keister Bruin, which Mm -hmm. sounds like a made-up name. But it really does. might also be an American name because it's impossible to tell.
0: <laughs> I mean, all names were made up at some point.
1: Oh, that's true. It is true. And he is
0: drawing from a historian called
1: Marcus Redeker, who is one of the like, main proponents within academia of the idea that the pirates were not communist, like in that they adhere to what we would now understand as the theory of communism, but mm-hmm. that they were quite egalitarian. Yes. And he argues that sailors turned to piracy precisely because they suffered surplus ex- surplus exploitation in an extreme way they were skilled laborers Sailing a large ship who created vast wealth for the merchants and princes who employed them, yet they were treated savagely, beaten, hardly paid, fed rotten food and given no compensation for injury. The turn to piracy then was not a move towards capital, capitalist greed, quite the opposite. Pirates rose up against the exploitation of their labour. They saw the terrible injustice of their own impoverishment and brutal labour and the huge riches and comforts that this labour brought the few who employed them. And this is why the pirates are seen as heroes, not because of their thievery, because they carried on the looting and plundering work that they had been trained to do in the merchant. And ships anyway, and they was resisted oppressions. And this one comes from politicsforum.org and was classical high seas piracy is technically real communism in action. The workers slash pirates own the means of production, the ship and guns, and share the loot evenly. Though the Captain may get a few extra shares, quite a lot of extra shares, but fine. <laughs> the captain has been elected by majority and can be deposed by one. And the previous capitalist exploiter has maybe had to walk the plank and class warfare is waged against the remaining ones. So that's your broad argument about that it was capitalist, that they lived in, that the they owned the ship that they worked on, that they shared the loot evenly, that they lived in a kind of democracy, that they were basically, and that they had joined up voluntarily by overthrowing their masters and seizing the means of production. Mm-hmm as a result of the terrible oppression that they received at sea as part of the Merchant Navy or as part of the Royal Navy. Which is an argument.
0: It is an argument. <laughs> I think it is. also an argument that is uh, just, you know, I think a lot of jobs, for want of a bear word, seem like if, you're, if you are employed in such a way that you are taken to a place, you know, consistently, like you are on mm-hmm. a ship, then you are, the people that are employing you are more responsible for you than they are if you go to the office and come home at the end of the night. So yes. you don't have to, your, your food and your board and everything like that is taken care of. That's a bit communist, but it's also just how you have to, like no one's going to go work on a ship if they then have to find their own food. <laughs> That's nonsense. Well, I think
1: the argument is that if the pirates provided for themselves as a group, Whereas the in the Navy, they were provided for by the state. Yes. Or by, if they were privateers, and now we know the difference between privateers and pirates, don't we, Janina?
0: Oh, we do. I was, I was so excited to learn this on um, You're Dead to Me, the yeah. episode on Black Blackbeard, where they were revealed. I mean, they didn't reveal, they just, <laughs> just said it because it's a fact uh, that is true and that I didn't know. Where it, pri- pirates, and pirates as you know and love them, privateers are people who pirate in the name of the Queen or King and with the approval of the Crown in an attempt to weaken their, you know, whoever they're at war with by plundering all of their ships. Primarily the Spanish, yeah. Uh,
1: So pirates do it for themselves and privateers are out there with a bit of paper saying that the Queen has said they're allowed to. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so in all, I mean, we can't watch them anymore, but in the days when we used to watch Pirates of the Caribbean movies and there's a whole thing about Jack Sparrow getting a litter of note and it's very exciting because that means he's going to be allowed to keep doing what he's doing but with the with impunity basically as long as he yeah. only attacks Spanish ships and not British ones.
1: Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So they were that's your difference mainly. When we're talking just to because I also never really thought that hard about when pirates were around. They're just sort of in my imagination as a kind of thing. They were just sort of there for a time, devoid like divorced from anything that might have been happening on land. But I couldn't have told you precisely when necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> and basically the golden age of piracy, as it is regularly referred to, mm-hmm. which feels like a moral judgment, but <laughs> <laughs> the like the time when there were just fucking tons of pirates all over the place, fucking shit up, is broadly... Like the long golden age is from 1660 to the end of the 1720s with a particular kind of spike between 1716 and 1726.
0: Now, is that because it was just a brief period where there was lots of exploration and uh, ship trading and not many navies? Kind of, yes. And
1: there's a lot of shit going on everywhere.
0: Yeah. but It's the original original flavor wild West out yeah out
1: on the ocean kind of yeah just out beyond the ocean it also be- may well look like more of a peak because that is a particular time that a couple of historians have really really focused on mm-hmm. so it might be a, a slightly artificial like Marcus Redeker is this guy who kind of seems to loom over pirate social studies. As like the voice to the extent where people have like round table discussions specifically about the work of Marcus Redeker, mm-hmm. where mostly they all say that they disagree with him in various different ways. Sure. Which is good. Um, <laughs> that's how academics work. Everybody is like, yes, no. So he kind of looms over it and he has very specifically focused on 1716, 1726 and ignored everything before it and everything after it. Handy. And he has created these kind of grand theories of pirate society, particularly Marxist critiques of, of society, and argued that they were a kind of Hobbes-born social bandit and that they were this kind of nearly pure egalitarian society mm. based largely on this book from 1724 called The General History of Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates. That's a great title. The full title is The General History of the Robberies and Murders of the Most Notorious Pirates from Their First Rise in the Settlement in the Island of Providence to the Present Time with the Remarkable Actions and Adventures of the Two Female Pirates,
0: Mary Read and Anne (laughs) Bonny. Which
1: no publisher would let you get away with these days.
0: (laughs) I don't know, maybe a few years ago when everything was like, all titles were like 30 words long.
1: Maybe. I feel like I'm getting a lot of funny looks. Not that many. People have been very kind about the title of my next book, which I realised far too late is actually very long and no one in bookshops will remember.
0: <laughs> I mean, the, the, unless you've changed the title and it's still what I think it is. The, you've got, there's got to be a reasonable crossover between musical theatre nerds and people who work in bookshops. <laughs> you would think so, but also I work in a bookshop and I'm fully aware of the amount
1: of people who come in and cannot remember the name of Milkman by Anna Byrne. <laughs> And we'll call it all kinds of things that are not its title. So (laughs) a fatal thing happened on the way to the forum might well be, yeah, might well be (laughs) a line too far for people to remember it, but that's okay. I'm willing to sacrifice some sales for the pun.
0: If that is true, then I'm going to probably make all publishing marketing departments roll over in, I don't know what time is it, nine o'clock, their couches and armchairs, by saying, I don't think titles matter as much as people think do. <laughs> I don't think they do either. Most of them, David, <laughs> you remember them. No,
1: no one does. That, and actually, this ties quite well into this. So I was reading, recently, I've been reading a book that just came out called The Outlaw Ocean mm-hmm. by a guy called Ian Urbina, which is about basically modern day life on the sea. So modern-day pirates and modern-day... Modern-day sea pirates,
0: not modern-day continent yeah, pirates. Yeah, not
1: like on the sea, um, <laughs> like actual pirates, from which I learned, for example, that in international law currently, if you get attacked by a boat and they steal all your stuff, but you are within 12 miles of a of shore, mm-hmm. so you're still within national waters, then it doesn't count as piracy, it counts as robbery. Huh. Piracy has to occur... 13 miles or more away from ashore and that is how bangladesh has managed to be both technically the most piratical nation so the waters of bangladesh are where you're most likely to get attacked by a boat but they just say robbery so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so on a technicality they're not on a technicality
1: it doesn't say on their website that they've got a pirate problem <laughs> so yeah but I also learned lots of things about how fucking dreadful being on the sea is. I mean, it um, does sound awful. He really is very keen on his title and manages to get it into every chapter about three times. Amazing. It's very it's very funny. There was a time when I was like, I feel like I should applaud and get up and leave now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but it was, it was good. And it was quite good for this as to how, like once you're out at sea, there's nothing that anyone can do. Like you're just... Yeah, You can't leave, you can't go anywhere There's no one coming to help you nope. You are out at sea yeah. yeah. So that's a slight diversion Into slagging off the publishing industry <laughs> 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 but it, The point is that the general history of robberies And murders of the most notorious pirates From 1724 which, which had several more versions after that Was written by a pseudonymous person And no one knows who it was But people have argued that it might be Daniel Defoe mm-hmm. Sure stories of they're like little biographies of pirates some of whom are definitely fictional and some of whom are not so blackbeard is in them mm-hmm. and people like henry every he's a very famous pirate mary reed and anne bonnie who are mm-hmm. the, like
0: the big female pirates big famous women and yes. the reason people think their piracy was well, like well, this is one of the things that came up on the stupid crack list that it was also great for women and women could do it if they wanted to, which like no, there no. was still <laughs> most ships would not allow women on them at all. So one of the very best things that I read,
1: which I got really into, was a PhD thesis mm-hmm. by a guy with the truly wonderful name of Edward Theophilus Fox.
0: Excellent. Another name that could be made up, but for different reasons.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a pseudonym. And when you Google it, the only thing that comes up is his PhD thesis and the book that he wrote based on it, nothing else. Which leads me to believe that it's not his real name.
0: I mean, yeah. Or or that is
1: just very, very impressive. Privacy he's done on himself. Yeah, quite possibly. But also he's not written anything else since 2013. Maybe he went and got a proper job. Maybe. Maybe. He wrote a PhD thesis called Piratical Schemes and Contracts, Pirate Articles and Their Society, 1660 to 1730, Mm -hmm. which is great. And he goes in quite detail, quite some detail, about life on board ships based on trial transcripts Mm -hmm. and what are called piratical articles, which are the kind of list of rules that they drew up for themselves. The Pirate's
0: Code kind yeah basically because i this is this is one one place where i did spend quite a lot of time this afternoon is because i think when you see reference to the pirates code in fiction it always seems like there's just this unspoken code between pirates but actually yes. each ship had a code that was written down and that each of its sailors would sign to and there is a list of them on Wikipedia. Just the Wikipedia has a page called Pirate Code that lists a few of the um, examples that have been able to pull together. And they are delightful. They're delightful Uh, reading.
1: About 16 of them are set out in the appendices of Edward Theophilus' Fox's um, PhD thesis. So I read them all. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are quite delightful. And I'll tell you what, they're not particularly communist.
0: No, no, not at all. No.
1: (laughs) Not even slightly. But... um, before we get to that, one of the things that he does go into quite some detail with is how they deal with women and experiences with women. And uh, I read a surprising number of stories of rape and gang
0: rape. So, yeah, I imagine that, that happened quite a bit.
1: Yeah, so that was fun, uh, but absolutely nobody being punished for it or told off in any way because it was fine.
0: There is one of the one of the listed pirates' codes from. Um, Captain John Phillips of the Revenge, which is a great name <laughs> for a ship, even if you're not in... If you're, if you're not a pirate. Uh, Princess Bride. Um, yep. The last one on that is if you... And I like the way this is phrased. If at any time you meet with a prudent woman, that man that offers to meddle with her without her <laughs> consent shall suffer present death. There which you go. Which is a great way of, of of saying kill anyone who tries to rape someone. <laughs>
1: which is, yeah.
0: Very nice. This is another
1: one. This is from Bartholomew Roberts, who died in seventeen Bartholomew Roberts was a a famous pirate and uh his article contains (laughs) I haven't actually seen that one before, but I'm gonna read this one first. No (laughs) lights and candles shall be put out at eight o'clock at night. If any of the crew after that hour would remain
0: inclined for drinking,
1: they were to do it on the open deck.
0: (laughs) Yes, in the dark. I love that. That shows up on a couple of them. Just lights out at eight, and if you lights must stay eight. up, you like get out of the way and be in the dark and quiet. Yeah, but the other the thing that I was looking for was no woman or
1: boy was allowed to be amongst them. If any man were to be found seducing any of the latter sex or carrying her to see, he was to suffer death. Yeah. So. No women on a boat, please. So yeah, none of that. The reason that I enjoyed Edward Fox's um, PhD thesis so much was because he basically goes point by point through the arguments made by people like Marcus Redeker and kind of dismantles them completely and shows how they are based on a reading of the general history, which is like probably 40-50% fiction at a best. <laughs> And it shows how very much people want to believe in the heroic kind of mythologization of, of pirates and who how they want to believe in these radical ideas much more than they want to actually look at what the evidence of what they said about themselves and what they actually did. Because this is all kind of second or third-hand information that a lot of it is based on. And a lot of it comes from a story... Did you come across Libertalia? I did not. So this is a very famous story and is like the story of how egalitarian and great the pirates are. And Mm -hmm. it's told in the general history Um, and it goes that the young Frenchman called Captain Mission, which isn't his real name, is sent to Rome by his parents to become a Catholic priest and he becomes disillusioned with Catholicism and so runs away to sea with his Italian friend where the entire officer contingent of his ship are killed by the English, um, so he gets elected captain. Mm -hmm. He then makes a lot of very radical, quite boring speeches about individual liberty, which, were you of a vaguely conspiratorial mind, you might think, how interesting that in the 1720s, in the middle of the Reformation, somebody who's disillusioned with Catholicism might be making speeches about (laughs) individual liberty. Uh Uh-huh steals the boats, makes friends with some other boats, and then runs away with to Madagascar, where he and another pirate captain found a place called Libertalia, make a lot more speeches about what their government is going to look like. And it's going to all be based on common good and individual freedom and liberty. And they've got this lovely flag, which says for God and liberty. <laughs> and they're going to have this lovely place with no slaves and no death penalty and no cruelty, where the government will protect the weak against the
0: strong and everybody will be equal and blah, blah, blah. I and mean, that's how everyone starts out, you know, with the government. No one, No one kicks things off by saying we're going to oppress everyone.
1: No, but uh, you're a surprising amount of people who will argue that Libertalia was an anarchist society, and you're like, I mean, literally says here in this chapter of the of the, which you can read. The general history is all on Project Gutenberg, so obviously you can read it. It literally like it's like chapter title, Captain Chew expounds on the government of Libertalia. <laughs> <laughs> And it's all delightful until you realise that, one, it's not true. (laughs) Two, they have just rocked up on Libertalia, this French dude, an Englishman, and gone, hello, Madagascar, we live here now. Mm. We've decided to found our society here. And they're eventually driven out by the Madagascans who are like, "Mm, sorry, guys, already some people here. Yeah, seems fair. And then they, yeah, then they die at sea. And these are kind of told as the, like, great... The great ideals of pirates, like they're trying to live out pirate life on the shore. It's not communist, to be perfectly honest, because one of the big things that they say is everyone will be given treasure and capital. It will be equally divided in such lands that any particular man encloses shall for the future be deemed his property, which no other man shall lay claim to, if mm-hmm. not alienated by a sale, which I hate to tell you, it's, it's not, not ca- communist. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they've got a big government, so it's not anarchy. And they also say very clearly that they hate the idea of pirates and they're not pirates. So Yeah, that kind of puts pain to that theory. It does put pain to that theory also. And you know that I hate to say stuff like this because I hate to be like, didn't happen, but didn't happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a shame when things didn't happen. It is. Redica,
1: interestingly, and 99% of the time I'm very enthusiastic about this kind of argument, says, so it didn't happen... But because it was a fictive expression of living traditions and dreams of an Atlantic working class, and it was observed, synthesized and translated into discourse by the author of a general history, it therefore is sort of true.
0: Sure. I mean, (laughs) I write fiction for a living and I would like to call bullshit on that statement. It's not the best. As it's a general rule,
1: I will say, you know, if people believe it happened enough, then it doesn't really matter whether it happened or not. But um, I don't think people believe it happened enough for this to have passed that threshold.
0: I think so. And like also believing it happened, being enough doesn't refer to how we look at history. <laughs> it refers to like because you need to feel inspired for a moment. You know, you can't just that doesn't mean you <laughs> can't plunge to just make things up.
1: True. Um, it's not very helpful but but that's like the great like when you come back to everything they will be like people who argue like the pro-communism or pro-egalitarian side will argue that it was not really this didn't happen but that but the libertalia is like the example of of how egalitarian and great they were as well as this idea that um, pirates were all volunteers who voluntarily quit the Navy and went off to join the pirates or who all banded together to overthrow their captain and elect a new one. and these kind of very romantic ideas of what uh, how people became pirates, which yeah. are patently untrue <laughs> yeah because an awful lot of people were, forced conscripts or when someone took over a boat or a ship they would like be like well you either die or you join us Mm -hmm. and a lot of people were kind of stuck there but something that edward fox does is go through all of this very carefully and prove that there were lots of ways in which people were restricted and how people were excluded from power and profit and how it was a clear Hierarchy and not a kind of flat democratic system. Mm. And for example, they had slaves, they had cabin boys, they had forced conscripts, and all of whom were excluded from either profit sharing or from any inability to kind of vote on anything. So they were excluded from everything. They were not allowed to leave and couldn't leave even if they wanted to. (laughs) And they had to turn the lights out at eight (laughs) o'clock. They did. Yeah. I think Which arguably is quite saviant, but...
0: Uh, <laughs> I think the sort of attitude of weren't the pirates great, and this is not anything to do with history, this is just Janina winks off an opinion. Excellent. Is It feels like an emotional way of backing up a belief in libertarianism to mm-hmm. me. And it, it smacks of that thing where like, yeah, libertarianism would be great if everyone was great. <laughs> like, I'm sure there were some pirate captains who treated their crews well, but they were basically operating themselves with no one to answer to. So there were also definitely many who exploited everyone they could, because that's what people do. Like, when we are not regulated, we oppress p- each other. Yeah, And yeah. so, obviously, pirates were oppressing each other, even if there were a couple who were menches, you know? It's not... Yeah. It, um... yeah, it wasn't... Piracy was not a political system. It was a bunch of individual people just trying to make the most money they could um, and survive.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Which also kind of undermines it as a communist uh, situation because they really were trying to make as much money as they could yep. through mostly stealing and killing Yeah. and torture and other horrible things. Um. And the general history, which you regularly refer to as just the general history, again, is called the general history of the robberies and murders by the nice notorious <laughs> pirates. Because what they did was robbery and murder. Yep. Admittedly, it's written in the kind of 18th century language, so it sounds quite boring when good old Captain Charles Johnson, whoever he may have been, is writing about it. And also he does couch it in quite a lot of really boring letters, which yeah. are completely unnecessary. And speeches. God, so many speeches. Ugh. And that oh, thing where the there's best. loads of every single noun is capitalized, which makes it almost impossible <laughs> to read. They're just like, Ugh. I don't know why it makes it so hard, but it really does. Yeah, yeah. But but there's a lot of horrible murders and like and terrible things, and they were not not doing it for any kind of like grand political reason um, or for any kind of desire to massively undermine you know polite society or because they were trying to fight back against the man they just wanted money for themselves yeah. they saw the money that they were that was being moved around and they wanted it
0: and no one and there weren't enough people to stop them from taking it because pretty much it was yeah. the wild west of of yore yeah yeah
1: I read a really good article by a guy called Peter T. Leeson, which I downloaded almost entirely because it was called An Argy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The Law and Economics of Pirate Organization. Um, It undermines it slightly, but I appreciate the title quite a lot. It's very good. Which argues for a long time that there might have been more liberty and power sharing on pirate ships than there were in the Navy ships because the Navy is a very rigid military hierarchy. Yes. And at this time is, you know, incredibly status obsessed with officers coming from one class and one area of society and everyone else coming from the other.
0: And also has a huge amount of clout and backing so can do whatever it wants with the people who are employed within it. Whereas a pirate ship is a group of men on a ship in the middle of the ocean alone with nothing backing them up anywhere in the world. So I think in that situation, you do have to cooperate a little bit more than you would otherwise. But there's still a hierarchy and you're still at the mercy of whoever's in charge
1: yeah and but basically his argument that there is that while a lot of the arguments like Marcus Redeker and for example and like all of those blogs it's, they suggest that that cooperation and that kind of sense of power sharing is the aim of piracy that like living that life is somehow some kind of political philosophy mm. but it's not it is as you said a means yeah. to survive and to get as much money as possible and to be successful not, a, not the kind of they weren't writing grand political treaties about how or even thinking grand political treaties or in any way enacting grand political lives no they were just stealing and trying to stay alive and trying to get very rich yeah. did you know for example that Blackbeard ended his life as a slave dealer in Virginia sure I mean, I I did thanks to You're Dear to Me. <laughs> yeah. Quite a lot of them got really into living in the slave trade and engaging in it and realised that that was a way to make lots and lots of money.
0: I mean, of course they do. Because that's one of the things, actually, also that I found really interesting on the episode of You're Dead to Me, which everyone should listen to if you're looking Very for episode. a nice uh, history podcast that isn't us.
1: I am on it, to be fair, on one episode, but yeah, Emma well, does the rest of them don't involve
0: care, But that the treasure was not gold most of the time. It was valuable things, which could be anything from spices to jewels and whatever, or to people, because people were very valuable at this point in history. Yeah. Which is something we all have to live with.
1: It is. It is a terrible thing, but it's also, and a lot of them went into that as a way to make lots of money. Edward Mm -hmm. Fox argues, one of his kind of main arguments is that the actual aim of a lot of pirates was a kind of a quick and relatively easy in that it's easier than not doing it at all way to make lots of money very quickly so that one could have the kind of accoutrement of status in polite society and become gentleman Or become, Mm. like, middle-grade gentleman. Like, you could make lots of money and then you could arrive in Jamaica or Virginia or Bristol and have lots of fancy clothes because he looks at, he goes through, like, receipts from trials um, Mm -hmm. and finds what they spent their money on. And a lot of them are spending their money on, like, really nice shoes (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and, like, a particularly fancy coat. Yeah. And, like, you know, really nice, like, fashion apparently (laughs) because so that they could then show up and be like i got some dollar i got my fancy coat like i am a gentleman treat me like a gentleman and it was a way that they could kind of skip over and enter kind of the officer class basically on land Mm. without having to either work their way up through the ranks which as i know from sharp uh, (laughs) was impossible and i believe sharp to be applicable to all situations to do with the military before about 1920 so i'm gonna stand by that as a statement <laughs> it's fair it's fair everything i know about almost everything comes from sharp novels uh <laughs> yeah i mean um and some hornblower <laughs> i've never watched any hornblower and scott ewan griffiths in it who's someone that i went to university with didn't no Welsh, obviously, and really fancied him, but would call him Eowen Griffith. Uh, oh, is that not how you say it?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Janina, it's not. <laughs> huh. it's I mean Ewan he's Griffith. very attractive. He's a very handsome man. I have said this for a long time.
1: And I admire his refusal to anglicize his name. Yeah. But yeah, my understanding from basically hornblower and sharp is that moving from the lower to the upper ranks was very, very, very difficult indeed, if not impossible. Yeah. But this was quite uh if you were quite lazy and you but you wanted to be you didn't really mind fucking shit up for everybody and also you maybe wanted to make lots of money so that you could go and live a, a wealthy life somewhere, mm-hmm. then um you could become a pirate. Or yeah. you could be coerced into
0: becoming a pirate <laughs> and live a shit life somewhere else. And then probably die on the ocean because it's very, very easy to die on the ocean super easy to
1: die on the ocean another chapter of that Outlaw Ocean book uh, was about murder at sea
0: Mm. which
1: turns out happens all the time but the bodies disappear and no one else is there to witness it so yep there was an interesting bit this is complete diversion but it's quite a good story one day in the back of a taxi in I want to say Indonesia but it might have been Thailand somebody cab driver found a phone that someone had left behind Mm -hmm. and he was having to look through it see if he could find who it belonged to and he found a video of, of four boats surrounding a bunch of men in the sea just shooting at them oh wow yeah and it became kind of quite a scandal but the ian you know, abina is like he talked to a bunch of people who kind of deal with fishing and fishing boats and particularly in the kind of indian ocean um and it was like oh yeah happens all the time <laughs> like, oh good that was like good cool cool and great made me very very depressed about the sea to be perfectly honest I book I mean, he's very, very sad about it. And this didn't help then doing all
0: of this research.
1: <laughs> I'm like, the sea is a terrible place. It's a terrible, terrible It's very
0: frightening. Dark, cold place of doom. I love the sea. I don't ever want to sail upon it out of sight of land.
1: Yeah, ditto. I love swimming in the sea where I'm
0: no more than a few hundred yards away from land. Love swimming in the sea. Used to go out on a sailboat, a friend's sailboat, a bit as a kid. That was nice. You just pop out, sail around. And then come back to the beach, never having left sight.
1: Yeah, that's because fine. That's fine. Going out to sea for a really long time. No, it does not sound fun. Like months and months and months and months. And then never really knowing when you're going to get anywhere yeah. is literally
0: terrifying. And sometimes the waves are really big because yeah, there's nothing also to keep them small.
1: a thing that often very big. I learned a lot from this Ian Urbina book. i can to totally recommend it. I can't say I enjoyed it because it was very depressing, <laughs> but... <laughs> It was very, very interesting, and I kept texting my poor friends interesting tidbits about it, whether they wanted it or not. But
0: yeah. <laughs> now I'm telling you, so that's always a good yeah, it's sign. it's very good. There is some, like, pirates still have some fun stuff. There are some cool women, even though, as a rule, women were not. There are some very cool women. There's, like, three of them, but yeah. And who I think all turn up in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is fun. <laughs> you, like, there's no... Uh, if strong evidence but it's possible there was some same-sex marriage which is nice which is the evidence that people have and cite when they claim that that piracy was a haven of equal marriage is a thing called a, a, mate, a matelotage i don't know if that's how you pronounce it it's from the french word for seamanship so okay you know if that affects how you hear it in your head None Which, of us have ever claimed to be able to speak French, you know, no. Right? No one, no one has. And I come from a country where you, if you if you say croissant instead of croissant, people will think you're an arsehole. So, I mean, to be fair, yeah, I would think you were an asshole if you said croissant, <laughs>
1: Croissant. Because, like someone said, Paris, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> um, Unless you are literally from Paris, then yes, yeah, i do it. <laughs>
0: um. So this was basically a like a will. Or an agreement between two men who were pirates that was a partnership between them and served as a will so that if one died, the other would get their benefits. And it's been associated with some pirates who are known to have very close relationships that could have been sexual. So maybe... I mean, there was definitely loads of banging there was definitely loads of banging because there's always loads of banging when large groups of men get together obviously and there are a couple of examples specific examples like john swan supposedly had had some consorts but again as is always the case we don't know for sure (laughs) so yeah i mean there were there is This is another thing, much
1: like the how egalitarian were they really question, that is like quite a big question amongst academics, is that was there more homosexual activity amongst pirates than there was amongst normal seamen? Or were they all just banging all the time? And that's quite a long argument, with some being like, no, there was none, there was absolutely... They were all very chaste and never touched each other. And others being like, no, they were all banging all the time and getting married on the boats and having a brilliant time of being like at the first episode of Arrested Development (laughs) and other people being in between. It doesn't help that the Royal Navy had like very. So there's this great book by Gabriel Kuhn, which is just called Life Under the Jolly Roger, Reflections on Golden Age Piracy, which I enjoy because it suggests it's just going to be my thoughts and that's exactly what it is just my thoughts mm-hmm. just like 400 pages of his thoughts about pirates like mm, here's like an essay that i wrote about this but he argues that there was like very long anti-buggery <laughs> kind of um, campaigns by the royal navy mm-hmm. so they would put into action like very strict rules that they weren't allowed to and they were quite could be quite savage whereas in no pirate articles does anybody ever say don't bang each other so yeah, arguably you could bang if you want. I guess no one was going to stop you. Yeah. Whereas in the Royal Navy, people would um, try to stop him. <laughs> Definitely, we're going to try
0: and stop you. So I suppose that's good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there is, this is this is the thing. There's limited information, and at a certain point, you just get to choose how you interpret. The information that there is. Pretty much, yeah. I feel like, as a general rule, life probably wasn't that great for anybody at sea. I do not think Um, that it was. I think in general life probably wasn't that great for most people at this point in history. (laughs) I mean, it never has been and never will be. I mean, that is
1: true. But we should do some of the good female pirates, though. Because there's a good Irish pirate called Grania O'Malley, or Grace O'Malley, when she's been Mm anglicised. Who's like a famous 16th century Irish pirate who everybody writes books about and talks about how much they love her. Yeah. And she's quite good. There's loads of children's books about her.
0: There's also um, Ching Shi, who's a 19th century uh, Chinese pirate who started out as a prostitute who married a pirate and then when he died, she just took over his fleet. Excellent. Uh, which That's is, brilliant. is a good one. Yeah. Yeah, there's like
1: more female pirates than there are female members of the Royal Navy. Yeah. Which is, I mean, probably zero.
0: So. I mean, maybe some, because, again, like, we don't always know who was pretending to be a man in order to join the Navy. There may have been women suppose doing that. I so. I don't know why they would, because it that. sounds like a horrible life, but we Sounds like a real
1: fucking terrible life, to be perfectly it honest. It does
0: seem like a situation as well, and I, when this happened a lot in the episode we did on women dressing as men to fight in battles, that yeah. it seems very likely you would be discovered
1: we've got a, we've got a question coming up in a few weeks actually about hygiene so we'll get into how often people washed then but yeah. <laughs> i feel like i don't know I don't know how often people took their clothes off <laughs> i
0: mean no yeah but you'd get sick is the thing and it's always getting sick and having to see a doctor that undoes you it is always getting a sick thing having
1: to see a doctor that undoes you but and i suspect that they weren't as polite as they were with those drawings of people doing internal exams of women while averting their eyes that we saw <laughs> that were very good indeed, under their petticoats. Yeah. Yeah, I suspect it was probably less good than that, but I also suspect there probably wasn't that much doctoring going on. The I mean, fun thing is that in all of the piratical articles, actually, is quite a lot of them do refer to if you use an uh, lose an arm, a leg, or an eye. Yeah. Which I find pleasing to so get much money. Yeah,
0: yeah they term, just list like, exactly what you get in terms of money if you are injured or maimed. Which is lovely. Yeah. And I think it's part of that is because a lot of them also specify that you are not allowed to leave the ship until everyone on the ship has made a certain amount of money. Yes. And so if you get injured and can't help out as much, this is the way that you do that. So that yeah. everyone can get up to their... To get up to their amount. To their, yeah.
1: Yeah. But I appreciate how given the kind of modern... Like if you were going to draw a pirate, he'd have a hook for a hand and a peg leg and an eye patch. Yeah. So I, I appreciate how specific they are with the arm, the leg of the eye. Yeah. And then one of them says if you get a small flesh wound or you lose a finger, then you get a little bit of money, which is nice. It's nice. finger comes off. It's lovely. Yeah. I read some quite good stuff about how the only people who had ever managed to make having a terrible
0: physical disability look cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) which I appreciate. I mean, they're reckoning without Kurt Russell in... They are. (laughs) Um, ...from New York, yeah. Yeah,
1: but but I like that. But it was basically saying that it's kind of like this super, like, hyper-masculinity, like, look how brave and courageous I am. I lost my arm and I'm still going. I've got a fucking hook for a hand and a peg for a leg. And there are specific examples of people with peg legs, which I like. Yeah. Which is good... Very little I could find. Very little about the eye patch there, which I find disappointing.
0: That's one of those things that is, and I, like, because there's the story about, and this was mentioned on YouTube to me too, and no one, I don't think anyone has ver been a, could verify for that whether or not it's true, but is possible, which is that you would wear an eye patch over one eye so that when you went below deck, you could switch it, you could flip it up, and one of your eyes was adjusted to the dark. See, my question here is, if that was such a
1: good idea, then why weren't people on the actual navy doing it?
0: Because the pirates didn't share their good intel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, I think it's. I. I don't know. I think it might be uh, made up. I think it might be one of those things like how got, shit and I fuck just are really feel acronyms, like. But it's very cool. Yeah. If it, it is, yeah.
1: I do feel like if that were true, then definitely, then people in the actual navy would have done it. <laughs> Like everyone would have an eye patch because everyone would be like, Oh, just yeah. at least I've got one eye.
0: That is a very good point. But that's my best argument against that. <laughs> <laughs> and also, there was always a lot of stuff flying about in piracy. It seems like getting feel like an eye injury like. is not unlikely.
1: Yeah, like swords for a start. Yeah. <laughs> and potentially hooks.
0: Yeah. And like cannons, cannonballs. Yeah, all kinds of terrible
1: things. Ropes flying about all over yeah. the place. You know, probably eyes coming out left, right and centre, frankly. Probably. <laughs> I hope not. I regret that imagery. I'm sorry about that imagery. <laughs> <laughs> That's <one's> horrible. Uh, <laughs> my friend Connor texted me after the History of Gynecology episode and said he was out for a run when we were doing the bit we were talking about saranus and babies in the womb mm-hmm. which i'm not going to repeat because we had to put a content warning on it and he was like you ruined my run <laughs> <laughs> sorry
0: Connor. <laughs> well you know history is gross
1: <laughs> history is gross and awful yeah and sometimes often complicated but yeah. regularly also sexy yeah that's all of those oh. things and even more regularly absolutely disgustingly disease ridden
0: just so, so much illness.
1: Yeah, just awful.
0: But that's not really
1: mentioned, to be honest. There's a lot of like people getting injured, a lot of people getting beaten, a lot of people getting murdered. But not that many people being like, and if you get a terrible rash from being in salt water all the time, then yeah, I try find disappointing.
0: A thing that I remember learning a while ago and did not re research for tonight. because i only just remembered about it but it is related because it's about scurvy Uh which is of course caused by a lack of vitamin c because -hmm. you're not eating any fresh vegetables or fruits yep one of the things that it does is lack of vitamin c stops your your body's ability to maintain scar tissue so when you have a lack of it old scars begin to open up again like, They just don't stay knit oh. together, even if they're really, really old. So, oh another thing they that just happened in your pirate in. is that you know, that cut that you've had on your arm for seven years just suddenly oh, reopens it up again. Yeah,
1: mm. well, that's horrible, it's horrible, right. Thanks. I appreciate that. It's, it's horrible in a really cool way, though. Like they, like your body is constantly like keeping your, yeah, your scars yeah. together. You cut yourself. Like it doesn't heal and,
0: and stay healed. Your body is constantly holding that together. And if you don't feed it well, it will stop being able to do that. Wow. Bodies
1: are wild. Bodies are wild. I'm going to tell Connor this because he cut his hand open really badly today. So <laughs> <laughs> he'll appreciate this information. Well, we can tell him to eat his oranges. I'm going to find him some vitamin C. Yeah okay yeah we've gone enough off topic do you think that's answered the question janina i think it's the answer is no they were definitely not communist they did not invent communism they did not invent communism they did not live a communist life they did not seem to have any political interests whatsoever or any interest in political philosophy but probably they were more egalitarian and it was at least if you if individual liberty was your thing then it was probably better than being in the Navy, but, but you probably wouldn't join the Navy if you were like me and you were interested in individual
0: liberty. <laughs> I did read one other thing, actually, that is quite fun, from uh, a book called "Hierarchy: Sailors, Pirates, and the Maritime State, where there was a thing called dis- Distribution of Justice, which some uh-huh. pirates adopted. That when they conquered a ship, they would ask the crew how good the captain was, and if he was <laughs> horrible to him, they'd kill him, and if he was not horrible to them, then they'd let him live. Wow. But again... Probably just a couple of pirates who were. Up I mean, for that only sort takes thing. one to do it. Only takes one it to spread as a story. Only has to
1: happen once for it to be a thing. So the thing with pirates is not communist, not anarchists. Maybe slightly better than anyone else, yeah. but also probably pretty shit. Yeah, basically just yeah. not and an organized society. Yeah, just not an organized society particularly. There were little crews. You've got like fifty of them, and there were such thing as pirate companies, which are like, which was sort of like an admiralty. So mm. you'd have a crew on one ship. And you'd, that'd maybe be on two ships, but if you got like a few ships together, then you'd have got a little a fleet. Yeah, yeah, and then they'd have like a pirate captain who was over all of them, and then sometimes those companies would have little agreements between each other. Yeah, well, that's that's, but that's it's nice. more like a company than a society. Yeah, there you go. What's our next question, Janina?
0: Our next question comes to us from Steve Atkins, and it's another one that I think Emma probably already knows all the answers. <laughs> the question is it feels like the women in the Julio-Claudian dynasty get way more attention than those who came later so basically who were the coolest Roman women post 68 which is a good question it's a very good question
1: yeah it's a good fun question It gets to talk about people, women like Julia Asia that no one has ever heard of I've not heard of her exactly so yeah Romans 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 excellent a good Roman haven't done Romans in ages I feel yeah and that's your thing I did Byzantines a while ago but they're not as fun no yeah. it is my thing yeah, so that'll be good. I will get to actually talk about something without me going. Oh, we thought they were fictional <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> the fun thing about doing this is getting to interrogate all of the like really unexamined th- knowledge or assumptions in my head. Yeah, and just be like, wow. I suppose, like, I suppose it's obvious when pirates were, if you think about it for 30 seconds, but I'd never thought about it for 30
0: seconds. Yes. <laughs>
1: Just really unexamined information. It's
0: um, it's nice to do things like that, especially about ideas and characters that have become sort of iconic in how they are in fiction. Yeah. Like, like the thing that I've seen going around a lot in the last year or two is, you know, the, the fact that most cowboys in the American West were african or mexican or african-american yes. or, or mexican which when you think about it is obvious, it's obvious because yeah. it's cowboy not and i feel like if that was mostly white men working it would not be cowboy it would yeah exactly like that's a whole thing that got like fully whitewashed
1: when they started becoming heroic
0: yeah exactly it's really interesting so yeah. that's a question for another time, Janina. Well, I've already answered it. Can't get people here all day just
1: chatting about stuff we think is interesting. <laughs> Isn't that the point of doing a podcast? I suppose. But you're supposed to keep it to a you know a reasonable amount of time. I guess Otherwise, so. I mean, no, maybe people do want to listen to us for six to eight hours. I don't know. I, but don't, <laughs> I don't want
0: to listen to us for that long.
1: No, I want to go to bed. So yeah. Janina, how can people ask us questions?
0: They can tweet at us.
1: At Sexy History Pod. Yes, or they can email us at SexyHistoryPod at gmail.com.
0: Or if they're very lovely, they can buy us a coffee on Kofi, which is at, at bit.ly slash support Sexy History um, or ko slash his. H-I-S pod. Pod, yes, which is not ideal because we are not his.
1: No. no, But that was the best I could get. I think they wouldn't let me have sexy in the title. Rude. <laughs> Or speaking of people who wouldn't let us have sex in the title We're without an e-history pod on Facebook Which I regularly forget about But <laughs> Does exist and we will answer messages So Eventually Yeah Or I am at nuclear teeth on Twitter And I am at j 9 and if and oliver who is going to edit out the discussion of the booker prize that we had in the middle of this (laughs) is at kiwa who is it and that's it that's us until next time janina with the romans yeah bye bye